afternoon, and thank you for joining us today for the 11th episode of Ulcerative Colitis and My J-Pouch Journey, where we talk about ulcerative colitis, Crohn's disease, bowel cancer, ostomies, and J-Pouches. I am your host, Suzanne LaFleur, and I was diagnosed with ulcerative colitis when I was 23 years old. At the age of 33, I went through the required surgeries to have my entire colon removed and have a J-Pouch formed. For those of you who have been following from the beginning, thank you. For those of you who are joining us for the first time today, please help us to continue the conversation by hitting that subscribe button and sharing us on your social media. Today, Jeff from Lancaster, Ohio, who received his J-Pouch surgeries from February to November of last year, is joining me to talk about his journey through ulcerative colitis, his surgeries, and how he is now managing with his new J-Pouch. Today I have with me Jeff from Lancaster, Ohio, is that correct? Yes, ma'am. Would you like to tell us a little bit about yourself and what brought you to talk with me about your J-Pouch journey? Oh, yes. Uh, My name's Jeff. I got diagnosed with UC in 2020, August. And within two short years, I had my colon removed, had my J-pouch. My last surgery was November of 2022, so I'm still trying to figure things out, but I got a pretty good schedule going with the foods that bother me and the foods that don't bother me. What medications did you try in that two years to keep your colitis at bay? So I tried Remicade, and I failed that. I uh, created antibodies, which is a bad, you know, a no-no for it. Uh, and then my GI doctor, which I should have listened to, but I was being stubborn. He said, if Remicade didn't work, it's highly unlikely that any other medicine's going to work. I was in denial about that. So we tried Stellara. And I think I was on that for about six-ish, maybe seven months. And it just got progressively worse and worse to the point they couldn't even, I, they couldn't do a full colonoscopy on me. They could get into the descending colon, but that was it. It was so uh, what do they call it? Stricture. It was so constricted that they couldn't get through it. And by the time I was done, well, by the time I was off the Stellara, they said that there was so much scar tissue and everything that it was never going to rebound. So I basically had to have emergency surgery at the end of February. At the end of February, 2021 or 2022? Uh, 20, 2022. Oh, just within the year, you've had pretty much everything done. Yes. So your first yes, surgery, ma'am. I had my colon removed, would have been 2005, November to August, 2006. So that was quite some time ago. And I ended up having one surgery to have my colon removed laparoscopically. Apparently my body doesn't like laparoscopic surgeries because I ended up with a huge abdominal infection, pretty much went septic. So they had to go back in, clean me all out and cut me wide open that time. So what should have been three surgeries ended up being four surgeries. Do they still do three surgeries now or can you get it done in less than that? So you can get it done in two, but my surgeon at OSU said he has found that the three surgeries works best because it gives your J pouch time to fully heal. Then they can check and make sure there's no leaks. 
So they're not making it work after they put it together. And then you, again, don't get sepsis and have a leak and have a worse issue. So you ended up with the three. They went in and removed your colon. Did they do that laparoscopically or did you get the full incision? My first one was laparoscopically, but my colon had starved me to death so much that after my surgery, I was weighing at 155 pounds and I was at 250 when I got sick. So I lost over 100 pounds through the course of me being sick, but they did do it laparoscopically. But my colon was so inflamed that I actually have basically a C-section incision where they had to pull my colon out. Um, And then that was a long recovery. Uh, But I was so bad off, my surgeon, after the first surgery, which was only supposed to take three to four hours, ended up taking six plus hours. Didn't He didn't tell me at the time. He ended up telling me later on. But he told me later on that he didn't think I was going to make it past that first surgery. He thought for sure I was going to have complications. I was going to be back in to have you know, surgeries to fix the complications. And when I seen him for my checkup, I had made so much progress. Uh, I was working out, eating right, doing everything, trying to get back to where I was before. I was really athletic, really active, Uh, went hiking multiple times a week, worked out five, six days a week before I got sick. And he was so thrilled with my recovery. He was like, hey, we can do the J-Pouch. You'll be a great candidate. You know, do you want to get that scheduled? And at that time, I had already accepted having the ostomy forever. So I was like, I don't know. I got to think about that. I, I don't, I don't know. So I took, a, I want to say about a month or more of, you know, researching it, getting online, looking at forums, listening to podcasts, talking to people, trying to, to justify, I guess, to myself having this two additional surgeries when I was already back to living life and not, you know, just existing with UC like you normally do. I mean, I wasn't doing anything. I was going to work, coming home. That was it. That was my life. I'd stop once or twice, maybe three times on the way home from work to use a random bathroom. So I was already in a good place. Like, I don't know. But then I thought about it, did some research and figured, you know, if I have And for whatever reason, it doesn't work out. I'm back to a ostomy bag, which I already have. So I'm not really losing anything. And the promise of having the J pouch and having all that freedom of the J pouch was like, okay, I'm going to do it. For me with my complications and just how sick I was, I went down to 92 pounds and, and same quite this similar scenario to you. They told me I was getting it done and I was in getting it done. So it was November first surgery, beginning of December, second surgery within five days, I had the two. And then I didn't go in for my J pouch construction until June. Did you have yours quite quickly after? So I had my second surgery. I want to say it was July, July or August. And then the three months, and then I had mine in my last one in November, the end of November. It should have been, it was almost four months because of the scheduling. And I guess things, they couldn't get me in sooner, but it was roughly four months between my second surgery to my third surgery. 
Oh, so that's very similar as well. I was just curious because I, of course, when I had it done, there wasn't all this information about J pouches. There wasn't, it was just this thing that the specialists threw at me and it was mind boggled. And there wasn't a whole lot of information about there about J pouches. People didn't really talk about it back then. And so I just felt like I was going in blind. I didn't really know what to expect. I didn't have anybody really to talk to or to you know, mull it over with or to talk with about it like we have these days. So did you reach out to people who had J pouches before you decided or you just did your research online? Uh, I did a lot of research, but I also joined a couple J pouch sites, uh, not sites, uh, the Facebook pages. And I mean, I posted a couple of things on there, you know, asking about the J pouch and is it worth it? And I mean, almost unanimously everybody said it was worth it even people that had gotten it and then had to at some point go back to the ostomy bag they said it was completely worth it because the freedom of the j pouch is so much better than the ostomy bag even though the ostomy bag gives you quality of life back and you can do things but i feel the j pouch has given me more freedom to do things is there anything that really stands out in your mind during your surgeries about what you would give to people for advice or what you would let them know about so that it would make their journey a little bit easier? I, I think the biggest takeaways are that it, it you have to give yourself grace. You, you have to realize that it's not going to happen overnight. It's not going to be easy. Constantly going to be thinking about what I should eat. If you do eat something, is it going to bother you or is it going to be worth it to bother you and just putting one foot in front of the other and not getting discouraged? They always say an arrow has to be pulled back in order to be fired forward. And ulcerative colitis, the surgeries, the recoveries, everything, you're going to take a couple steps back and you just got to accept that and just keep on pushing forward. You can't get stuck in a rut and be hard on yourself because it's the, the UC is already hard on yourself. So you have to push through all of it to get where you want to go. Absolutely. I remember after my first surgery, I had a woman in the same room as me and she had had a GI surgery. It wasn't ulcerative colitis. It was, I can't even remember what else, but we would just sit there. Both of us hadn't eaten food in eight days and we were sitting there just verbalizing the food that we would eat once we were home and we were healed. <laughs> it was like, you know, seafood, <laughs> steak and potatoes. Like, And of course, it's not like that, but you just mm -hmm. do these things to get through it. And I do remember um, when that lady left, then there was a, a lady, she must have been over 80 years old. She came in and she'd had a colectomy and she had the ostomy bag. And I just remember thinking, wow, I'm 32 years old. If she can make it, I can make it. It was that constant just grabbing onto whatever positivity you could and just realizing that there are people in the world that are far worse off than you and realizing that there is an end game, whether it be the ostomy or the J-Pouch. I had had colitis for 10 years, so it had been a long road and just the thought of being able to be healthy again and to feel better was worth it. Did you use meditation or anything of that sort when you were actually going through it? Oh, absolutely. Uh, I used to do 
I mean, I did mindful meditation before all of it. And I think that was a, a, a big help too, is just centering yourself. Uh, I do believe in grounding yourself. I try and get out on the ground with my bare feet as much as I can, even when it's cold out. But I think the meditation definitely helps center yourself. And I feel it gets myself in the right mindset to keep on pushing forward and doing the things I need to do with the right mindset. I remember one point, and this was maybe like a, a week before my surgeon said, you have to have the surgery or you're, you're going to not, you're not going to be uh, healthy enough to recover from it. He was like, if you wait any longer, you won't make it. I won't be able to do the surgery on you. You will just starve to death fully. And I remember driving home and I think it was the, I had stopped three times to go to the bathroom and it was looking like I was going to have to find another stop to go to the bathroom. And I only worked 35 minutes from my house. Like that's to, to think about it now is insane that I was even going through that. But, you know, the, the human body can do amazing things. But I remember breaking down in my truck driving, saying saying out loud, I, I can't do this anymore. Something has to give. Something has to give. I can't do it. And within a week, my surgeon was like, you have to have this surgery. And, and that I mean, if that's not divine intervention, I don't know what is. UC can break you. And, and I think the recovery process and going through that, you need to be in the right mindset to do all that. And I'm so happy and so thankful that there are people who have it in these Facebook groups and people that are willing to share their story. Like I was sharing my recovery after my first surgery on Facebook, just sharing it because people were asking, you know, how are you doing? I figured sharing it would be the easiest thing. And I had a ton of people reach out to me like, please keep sharing your story. It's helped me get through what I'm going through. And they were like, I thought it was, I thought what I was going through was bad until I seen what you were going through and was like, wow, I really don't have it that bad. And I've always told people when they say, man, that, you really had a hard time. Like, like, yeah, but there's people who have it worse than me. You know, I'm, I'm not going to sit and sulk about it. Like I said, you got to have a positive mindset on it and you getting do. where, you know, you got to have goals, I guess. You got to have goals and you got to set them, write them down and get to that goal and yeah. then keep on going, building off that goal. You were saying that you deal with keeping your J-Poach a little quieter by intermittent fasting. Yes, I uh, I try to practice um, 16 and 8. So I, tr I well, I don't want to say try. I, I don't eat my first meal until 11 or noon. And that usually consists of eggs, sweet potatoes, and avocado. I, I've found that eating sweet potatoes twice a day and taking uh, the uh, psyllium husk twice a day helps out a lot with the consistency of it and keeping it quiet and not going through real quick. Sometimes I eat past seven o'clock, you know, you make bad choices, <laughs> but I try not to eat past like my last meal is at seven o'clock or before. And then sometimes I sleep all the way through the night. Sometimes I have to get up between one and 3am, but that's, with you, when I had the UC or even when I had the ostomy bath, I was up more than that in the middle of the night. So it's, I usually go in the middle of the night. I go first thing in the morning and then I don't go until I get home from work. Really? Um, and I, 
I still haven't gone yet. And it's usually, yes, it's usually not like I have to go. It's, well, I, I should probably go. I haven't gone all day. So, I mean, usually I get up at 6 a.m. So I usually go from about 6.30 in the morning till 6 at night or after before I have to go again, depending on what I eat. If I eat something I know is going to bother me, I'm going to use in the bathroom more. <laughs> yes, absolutely. It's funny how we get into these routines. Um, however, with myself, it's a little bit different. It's like food hits my mouth and my body goes, uh-oh, and instantly my my J-pouch start, starts to spasm and I'm super uncomfortable and I'm in the bathroom two or three times until my J-pouch is empty. And it's just kind of the the routine. So similar to you, I eat my first meal anywhere between noon and one. And I eat my last meal. I try not to eat past six or seven at night. And if I do, then I'm up in the bathroom more. But even with eating just for those few hours a day, I'm generally in the bathroom one or two times during the night. And then again, super early in the morning, like six o'clock in the morning. So although I don't use any psyllium or anything like that, because the things that I have tried, although I haven't tried that yet, it just backfires with my body. My doctor put me on. I tried the emodium. <clears throat> yes. And that I, I feel worse on it. I feel like I I feel yeah, like I felt, a cinch around my gut and I feel like terrible. So yeah, it was, it was terrible. I took it for a little while and was like, no, this is nope. Don't want to take this. So what would you say <clears throat> the difference is with what you're doing now? You said you're taking psyllium husk. Yes, I take, uh, I, the Metamucil brand, I take one, one capsule in first thing in the morning and then I take another capsule around like one o'clock in the afternoon afternoon with the rest of my uh, supplements that I take. And that's it. I don't take any other emodium. I don't take any fiber. I mean, I get my fiber from the sweet potatoes and avocado, you know, in my first meal. But the psyllium husk is the only thing I take for the pouch. And my surgeon had said and after I had my pouch, he said, you got to train your pouch to hold the the stool he was like you have to train it so he's like it's going to be uncomfortable for a little a couple weeks a month and that's kind of what i did i i kind of like would try and hold it a little longer than i thought i was going to be able to and then i would go to the bathroom because when i first got out of the hospital oh no i was going seven eight times a day and and that was with trying to hold it and then i started I tried the sweet potatoes. I was worried about the avocado because that has a lot of fiber in it. And a lot of people say that that bothers them. Luckily, the fiber doesn't bother me. I can tolerate it. It actually helps me out better. And that's another big thing is don't be afraid to try new foods. That The only way you're going to find out if you're going to be able to eat it is eat it. Like I can now eat raw onions when I... I want to say maybe a month after my surgery, I tried cooked onions. Terrible. I can't, I still can't have pepper. I've tried that twice now. Still can't have pepper. I, it might be a couple more months before I try it again. Cause I was up all night. But with pepper. Like pe that's like, another thing with the, like with peppers, like the, the vegetable. No, no. Like uh pepper, like ground up pepper, black oh, pepper. Really? never heard yeah, of that does not it doesn't it, yeah i don't do good with it <laughs> interesting not at all 
So do you find that gluten bothers you at all? No, the gluten, it did when I was had the ulcerative colitis and I had my colon. It used to bloat me. I would be so bloated. I wanted to die. You, like it was the worst. So I pretty, I stayed away from it the whole time I had my colon. I was kind of, I don't want to say scared, maybe more apprehensive to try it after I healed from my uh, first surgery. But I, you know, tried a couple of things with gluten in it and it didn't bother me at all. Um, and it doesn't bother me now. Like I, we have pizza one time a week. Now I can eat pizza from out, but I can't eat red sauce. The red sauce still bothers me. I don't know if it's the acidity in it. It just gives me terrible acid reflux. It is, <laughs> I've had it once and I have not tried it again, but we usually make our pizzas now with non bread, some olive oil or avocado oil, and then whatever toppings, usually chicken. I pretty much stay with chicken, fish, eggs. And I might have beef once a week. Beef is horrible for and me. And I'm one of those weird people. I'm one of those weird people that can eat the same thing every day and not get sick of it. <laughs> I think I think it also comes from just being so unwell for so long, right? I know when I first had my surgeries, I thought, oh, I'm going to eat everything. And I do on occasion, I'll have something. I know that it's going to send me sideways, but when you have it and you're like, oh, why did I do that? It, it, it just doesn't make it fun anymore, right? It's like, forget it. I'm better off just eating my potatoes and my vegetables and my yogurt and whatever. So I think we do. Absolutely. Yeah, I think you just get used to revolving your diet and what you eat around what you've had forever. For me, I had colitis for 10 years, so... I was already used to not being able to eat several things. It sounds like your J pouch has been pretty quiet right from the beginning, though. When I first had my surgeries, my first surgery, well, my second one, and I ended up back home, I remember laying on the bathroom floor because I was like, I'm not even leaving the bathroom. It was 25 times a day. And I remember laying there thinking, I just want my ostomy back. It was after, sorry, it wasn't after my first surgery. It was after the takedown. And I just kept thinking, I just want my ostomy back. It was brutal. I had no skin left on my tush. I was just like pretty much permanently affixed to the toilet. And I thought, what have I done? Now I don't have a colon. I, you know, the whole <laughs> yard. So <laughs> I, I was quite regretting my choice. However, I stuck through it and I learned a little bit about the intermittent fasting, the what I can eat, what I can't eat, and it gradually helped. But that first three weeks to a month or so was just brutal. So it sounds like you had either learned that a little bit earlier in the game than I did, or you just have a J pouch that has liked you from day one. I would the first like week or two after my takedown was terrible. I had the same, I was like, what did I do? I shouldn't have did this. And from when I was reading and talking to people, everybody said, everybody that had the j pouch said that you at some point after the surgery would, would think to yourself, what did I do? It took about a week or two from my pouch to kind of figure itself out, which is odd because my ostomy bag output would start coming out it out of it before I had finished eating. So I had like an overactive ostomy bag, but the pouch doesn't seem to be as active, which is weird to me. I'll take it, <laughs> but it's weird. 
Yes, that does sound, it sounds like my G approach is like your ostomy bag was because sometimes I'll be eating dinner and I have to excuse myself and go to the washroom and then come back and finish eating because otherwise I just sit there uncomfortable and clenching. My kids call me the clenching queen. So <laughs> it's, uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, you just, it's, it's different. And it's funny how I've chatted with several people now and everybody just has such a different experience and they have, you know, what foods work for you might not work for me and how my J pouches at night might not be the same for you. I've not had a whole lot of trouble with accidents. However, I've had a chat with a gentleman from Scotland who has nighttime accidents all the time. He's like, it's like when my body goes to sleep, my J pouch doesn't realize that my body is sleeping. Right. So I've considered myself quite fortunate with the things that I can manage. And you just kind of work through the things that are a little bit harder to manage, but it's interesting. Absolutely. Yeah. It's interesting because I honestly, it's been 17 years now and I try to think back to where I was at your stage of the game and you kind of forget. It's kind of like, well, you wouldn't know this, but it's kind of like giving birth to a child, right? You wouldn't have a second child if you remembered how horrible it was having the first. So yeah, you know, not forget. at all. <laughs> yeah. You forget the, you forget what, how, the pain and you forget really what you've gone through. You just kind of move forward. So it's been very nice talking to you and getting your view on it with you having just been through it not too long ago. Is there anything else that you would like to share with people who are, you know, either just right out of the gates with it or contemplating a surgery because you had colitis not too long ago Sounds like your colitis journey was quite a bit harder than mine was right off the hop. Uh, the main thing is, I, I mean, I would like to share is it, if you're on the fence about it, do it. You, you won't regret it eventually. I would say immediately you will regret it. But the quality of life with the J-Pouch, like I said, has been so much better than with the ostomy. And the ostomy was so much better than life with ulcerative colitis. So it it's way better. It still has its, it still has its uh, challenges and obstacles to get over. But as long as you keep a positive attitude and realize things aren't going to be perfect, you'll get through it. You know, it's, it's, it's not a life sentence like having UC or Crohn's. Is. It, that's like being in prison compared yes. to having an ostomy or a J-pouch. And if, if you're happy with the ostomy, just keep the ostomy. I know that have the ostomy and they were like, no, I won't get the J-pop surgery. I'm happy with ostomy. And that's perfectly fine. I mean, it's, it's not for everybody, but for me, I'm very active. I like to go out and do stuff. I work out and I sweat. So having the bag taped to my stomach, I would, I was changing it every day towards the end and my skin was starting to break down. So I'm glad I made the choice, but I mean, ultimately it's up to, up to them to make the choice, but I, I think it's a hundred percent worth it in yes. the end. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. I, I have to agree with you. I know several other people who haven't had as good of an outcome as it sounds like we have. However, you do, you do still have to manage your life around what food is going to work. You can't come out. And I guess that's also a takeaway as you can come out of your surgery 
and just figure that it you're going to be free to eat whatever you want, whenever you want. You still have to manage. You still have to work your life around eating healthy, being healthy, exercising. So it is a, a commitment to lead a healthy, healthy lifestyle. Mm -hmm. If you are having a lot of trouble, just maybe taking a look at your nutrition and taking a look at what times of the day you eat and whether you exercise and how much I know for myself, I was diagnosed with Crohn's actually after having my J pouch surgery, they found ulcers past my J pouch and in my J pouch. So I was misdiagnosed way back then, or my body just decided, Hey, let's put her through this again. Who knows? But with colitis, I had the inflamed joints and the body aches. And there were days where I felt like I got hit by a train body wise, not GI wise. And I find that I still get that even with my J pouch, I have like super achy joints and just general fatigue and exhaustion. And I, I don't know if it's like that for everybody, even after they have their surgeries. So I had a lot of that before my first surgery. Um, it, I want to say it pretty much subsided after my first surgery Although it kind of felt like it lingered for a little while because I was, I mean, I, I'm six foot three and I came out of the hospital weighing 155 pounds. I, I always joked that I looked like Skeletor because <laughs> I was just bones, skin and bones. And I mean, I had joint pain after, but now I don't have joint pain. My energy level is good. I just, I mean, the biggest thing is make sure you hydrate. I mean, more than you think you should. If if you think you're drinking too much water, you're you're still not. Like I drink a lot of electrolyte drinks, and my food I try and make sure it's as clean as possible. My eggs we buy from a local place that sells them. They're more expensive than the ones at Kroger, but I know that these are actual free range chickens that are out there eating bugs and eating what they're supposed to and not living on each other. And I I've noticed that has made a big impact also. Uh, you know, eating clean meat. Uh, trying to cut down, I, I check every single label for ingredients. And if it's long, I won't even pick it up. It goes right back on the shelf. I went completely gluten-free for a while and it was amazing and completely vegan for a while. And it was also amazing. However, I am a bit of a foodie. So there are times where I definitely do eat foods that I shouldn't be eating and not very often, probably once a week. I, you know, ingest something that I'm like, oh, I'm going to pay for it later, but you only live once type thing. So, yep. um, oh, well, it'll be, you okay. know, it, it, it's kind of <laughs> like somebody who, who who's dieting, right. And they have their one cheat day, <laughs> similar scenario, but yes. Yeah, I was absolutely. That's why we have pizza on Fridays. That's right. That's right. I was just very curious what the surgeries were like, whether it was the remove the colon, second surgery form, the J pouch, third surgery, because I have heard of a few people now who have had just the two. And I wonder whether they have as good of an outcome with their J pouch, because I couldn't have imagined getting my colon removed and my J pouch formed in the same surgery. I feel like that would have been so much for a body to handle. Absolutely. And your body's already deprived of all the nutrients, everything. And then you're asking it to heal from two different things. Yeah. I think my surgeon said that they still do it in two surgeries, but he said he found that the three works the best. And he's, 
I actually asked him after my appointment when he said I could have a J pouch when I still have my ostomy bag, how many surgeries he had did. And he was like, well, I, I'm not a hundred percent sure. He's like, I know I've done at least over 200 of them. And I asked him, well, how many have you had to reverse? And he was, he kind of was standing there staring in space. And he was like, uh, I'd have to say maybe 1%. He was like, it's probably less than 1% that I've had to reverse. So he said the, the success rate for the three is exponentially better than one or two. And I can't even imagine doing it all in one surgery. I, I don't know how you wouldn't have complications having one surgery. <laughs> I couldn't even imagine that. I couldn't even imagine that. And you're finding managing work and everything just fine. Yep. I work from about 8.30, 9 o'clock-ish in the morning until about five o'clock in the afternoon. And like I said, with the intermittent fasting, I very seldomly have to use the bathroom at work. And usually when I have to use a bathroom at work is when I haven't had my probiotics and I ate something that I wasn't, I guess, wasn't supposed to, or, you know, one of those foods, you know, it's going to mess you up. You're like, well, I'm going to eat it anyways. It'll be all right. I'll deal with it. And that's usually when I have to use the bathroom at work the next day. But for the most part, I mean, I've went to like nine, 10 o'clock at night, not having used the bathroom from 6 a.m. until nine, 10 o'clock at night. So for me, the intermittent fasting and eating what I have been eating works very well. That's astonishing to me. I can't even imagine. You said you came out of surgery in the bathroom eight times a day. That's me in a good day still. So <laughs> yeah. Um, have you had any issues with pochitis or anything like that at all? Fortunately, not yet. Uh, I know that's a possibility, but the confidence of my surgeon, when I asked him about it, he was like, oh, he's like, yep, we'll just give you some antibiotics. He was like, it'll take care of it. It's not a big deal. You just yeah. let us know. These are the yeah. symptoms. Oh, I, yeah, I haven't experienced anything like that. And like you were saying about the nighttime accidents, I don't know if I just sleep light with it because I have had a couple incidents where it felt like it was going to something was going to leak, but it didn't. But I had to go to the bathroom. So I don't know if I was just in a light sleep and my body woke up and noticed it. I was like, oh, we got to go to the bathroom. But I have woke up to like gas coming out while mm -hmm. I was sleeping and it's woke me up a couple of nights. And I'm like, whoa, whoa. Okay. All right. Let's go to the bathroom and check. Oh, we're good. Okay. <laughs> yeah it's funny how that happens and I I think that I probably just sleep really lightly as well now I find that I I've always been a little bit of a light sleeper I have four kids so you just learn to sleep with one ear open and you don't really sleep hard so I haven't had any trouble with that at all I feel like maybe the people who do have trouble with it are those people who just sleep really hard yeah I think the military did a good job of making sure I wasn't a heavy sleeper <laughs> Well, that's very true. You used to be in the military. And yes, I spent that, four years on an aircraft carrier. Oh, wow. When was that? Prior to colitis, obviously. Uh, 2000. Yes, it was 2004 to 2008. Oh, wow. That's quite the experience itself. Oh, yeah. It was uh, we, that could be a whole nother podcast. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Probably something that would have been hard to do with ulcerative colitis, I'm assuming. I would imagine they they would likely disability retirement. Right. Because you, I knew people that were on the ship that 
he one of my friends was a sleepwalker and they were like yeah you can't be on the ship anymore because you could walk off the side of the ship so i'd imagine with the ulcer of colitis to the crones you wouldn't they probably wouldn't allow you to even be in the military so it's a good thing you got that accomplished and you had that experience before you became unwell one of those other positives to look at well my dad's been dealing with you know they crones ulcer of colitis they say it's the same thing basically but he's been dealing with it since he was 25. And that's one of the positive things. Like I always tell everybody, you got to stay positive. If you put positive out, positive will come back to you. And he was diagnosed at 25 with ulcerative colitis and Crohn's. And I always tell people like, well, I got 10 more years without it. So I, I consider myself lucky. You know, I got 10 extra years than he did that I didn't even have to deal with this. Right. So your dad... I'm assuming didn't end up with a J pouch or surgeries or anything. He just lived with Crohn's. Luckily he's been able to manage living with it. It wasn't as bad. I think he's been in remission multiple times, but I mean, he missed out on a lot of stuff when I was a kid, you know, he didn't, sometimes he didn't go to this function we were going to, or he was feeling bad. So he didn't go to this and I'm thankful. I, I am actually thankful I had the surgery because I'm able to do more things than I remember him being able to do when he was sick. So for me, you know, it's looking back on as a kid, it was like, wow, he, I, I know I know where he was coming from. And I know why he didn't come do a lot of things with us. Yeah. And I'm glad I've had the surgery. And now I can go do those. Yes, I have been asking my kids if they would potentially want to do a, a podcast, my older children, because I wonder how, you know, exactly with you and your dad, I wonder how that impacted them as children, because there were times I could go, there were times I couldn't, there were days they'd want to go to the park and I'd be like, back then there was no bathrooms at the park. Now it would be easy peasy. There's a bathroom at every park, but it, you know, it does make me wonder how it impacted them. Do you feel like it impacted you that your father couldn't take part in those things? Uh, I would, I would say looking back, I would imagine it did when at that time, but I mean, as you get older, you're able to look at things objectively and, you know, like, oh, okay, I see why he did that. I mean, I just kind of accepted it as a kid, like, oh, dad's sick. He's not coming. And I have a 12 year old daughter that when I was sick, she ended up telling me afterwards that because I would come home from work and just lay on the couch. You know, I would lay on the couch, run to the bathroom, back on the couch, run to the bathroom, back on the couch, pretty much the entire time. And she had said to me, you know, I, I she, she told me she was worried that one day she was going to come out to check on me and I was going to be dead and not be alive. Oh. So, I mean, obviously it affected her a lot. And now I'm able to do things and we've been to concerts, we've went to, you know, outings, took her to the fair, you know, things, all things I wasn't able to do the whole two years I was sick. So she's already seen that it's way better with the pouch than when I was sick. Absolutely. Well, thank you for chatting with me today. I find it so in interesting and intriguing to talk to people in various stages of either a new diagnosis or a surgery, how our nutrition is, how we manage our everyday lives. I feel like the more information and the more 
we have out there about what the journey is like, the definitely the easier it's going to be on people who are going through the same thing as us. So I've had several people already reach out to me and say, thank you. I had one lady send me an email just saying, I honestly feel like you're the only person in the world who understands me. There are some people even are, that are too scared to tell their social circle about it because they, they're embarrassed or talking about who is taboo in their life. Whereas my kids have grown up with it and talking about poo at the kitchen table is not a, a weird thing for us. So I feel like it's, it's just nice to know that we're making a difference in people's lives and that they're, they're listening to us and they're hearing what we have to say. And it's, it's encouraging them to just keep trudging along and maybe find that ability to be able to also speak about it and to accept themselves for who they are, because you'd be surprised at how many people there are out in the world. I, I was sitting beside a gentleman on the plane just in February and started talking because I talked to everybody and uh, he had a J pouch. I was like, oh my goodness, he, he'd had a J pouch and which he had to get reversed. And now he has an ostomy. But I was just like, wow, out of all the people on this plane, we've been through the same journey. So you just never know. Yep. I always feel that sharing my story and what I've went through in hopes that it'll help somebody else makes your struggle and journey and pain and everything worth it because you're able to help somebody else get through it, you know, so that's the biggest reason I try and share my story. Um, I always try to tell everybody, you know, remember, like, you are a warrior. Your ancestors were warriors. That's how you made it here. So, you know, don't sit on the sideline and just sulk. Keep trudging through. Put your feet on the floor every day and pull the positive into your day every single day. And that's how you make Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, thank you very much. And it was very nice to meet you. Stay in touch. Thank you. you Very to. nice meeting you and talking to you. Yeah. And if you want to pop on again, if there's any other information or days that you would like to share, feel free to message me and we'll have another chat. All right. Sounds good. All right. You take care of yourself. You too.